1: I'm Jody Vanson for Mike Smith. It is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, is on the line with us. Hey, Keith. Good morning, Jody. Good to have you here on what is a day many are waiting uh, rather breathlessly for, if I may, the 3 o'clock COVID briefing uh, coming up this afternoon with Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry, Health Minister Adrian Dixon, now Education Minister Jennifer Whiteside going to be a part of that. What do you expect to hear this afternoon?
0: Well, the fact that Jennifer Whiteside, the Education Minister, has been added um, just recently, she wasn't in the original advisory uh, note that went out yesterday, tells me there is going to be some discussion about the school situation. BCTF President Terry Morin asking, at the very least, to delay the opening of the school year or to go to online learning. I don't think that's going to happen. Schools have been a sort of a top priority for Dr. Henry in terms of keeping them open. Uh, But Uh, Terry Morin also raised the point, which is very interesting and certainly valid, that there's probably an expectation we are going to see a lot of teachers absent from the workplace in the next few weeks because of Omicron being so much more infectious, people with mild symptoms, even without being tested, being asked to stay home. Um, also isolated if you're in contact with someone with COVID-19. We're seeing this take place in other workforces, notably the travel industry and the hospitality industry. You know, when the 7,000 flights were canceled a couple days ago in the United States, many of them because of weather, but most of them because flight crews literally had to stay home. Um, And so you're seeing more and more absences from the workplace, and that's going to happen in education as well, and I expect Jennifer Whiteside to address that. But I'd be surprised if schools don't reopen uh, as scheduled next week.
1: Now you mentioned Terry mooring, uh, the BCTF President. She was on uh, mornings with Simi this morning uh, with Jill Bennett. Here is what Terry mooring had to say with regard to pushing the opening date, perhaps, We're encouraging the ministry to make the you know, to make the decision make the announcements early on so that families have some time. You know, if we're in a scenario where schools have to close because of uh, lack of staffing, there's not going to be much, much notice of that, and that's what we want to avoid. And so we think that there needs to be planning at the beginning of January. We're, we're hoping to avoid, you know, kind of rolling school closures, but that's a big concern of ours. So, Keith, this is kind of reminiscent of last year around this time, uh, spring break comes to mind, Christmas break comes to mind, when people have had their kids at home and mixing with their friend groups or with family or what have you, and then going back into the school environment. And yet here we are with Omicron, exponentially increased uh, transmissibility, as you have been saying every day for uh, the weeks that Omicron has been on our radar. Uh, Might the, the delay of a school... Uh, a back-to-school be something uh, that um, Education Minister Whiteside might be considering?
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I I think that's more likely than a wholesale switch to online learning. Uh, yeah. A delay of a week or so uh, would be you know, problematic in terms of logistical stuff, but uh, I think that's more likely than just a wholesale shift to, to online learning, uh, for example. But the, the staffing issue is an interesting one because that is going to be a problem that needs to be addressed. It may not lead to the closure of schools because of a lack of teachers. It may lead to... A bit of chaos in the school system for the first few weeks of uh, of the school year. Again, we don't know the impact of Omicron yet. We're going to get an update on that as well today in terms of how many cases are Omicron. Uh, As of Friday, there were less than 1,500 that had been pinpointed or confirmed out of thousands of cases. So Delta still appears to be the the dominant variant, but Omicron seems to be catching up quick. Um, And again, we're also going to get an update today for the first time in five days of hospitalizations and ICU numbers. uh, And hopefully they remain low. Uh, but you know they're on the they're on the rise in Ontario and Quebec, uh, and we're a little behind them in terms of Omicron cases. It arrived there earlier than us, about about a week. And there's also a lag factor associated with COVID. About you know one, two, three weeks after the cases are are confirmed, is when we start seeing hospitalizations associated with those. So lots to be updated today. Whether it's schools, uh, hospitalizations, Omicron cases, I think there's a lot of interest in this one today
1: test sites closing closing as well due to weather. I mean, that has people up in arms. Uh, there are also people talking about uh, the booster rollout. Uh, what do you expect we might hear on those things?
0: Well, I'm not sure... Much can be done because of the weather when it comes to test sites. I mean, the weather is the weather, and it has an impact on all sorts of things in our lives that you sort of have to grin and bear it for a couple days. The booster rollout program uh, is going to be interesting. I mean, other provinces have uh, reduced the interval between the second and third dose from six months to three months in Ontario, I think four months in Alberta. Uh, Dr. Henry has stuck to her guns that it's still six months. But Adrian Dix announced, uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix last week pointed out. There are thousands of un, uh, uh, bookings that have not been filled in, uh, out right. there for, for doses, so people are not getting their boosters in the same way they got their in numbers the same way as they got their second doses. So if people over sixty aren't or sixty five aren't getting their boosters, uh, does that mean okay, let's move the age bracket down a bit? I don't think it'll go down to three months for eighteen year olds, but I think you could see earlier age groups brought into the booster program. Earlier than anticipated today, that's one possibility. Again, nothing certain yet, but the booster program right. is one area for addressing, as is the, uh, the, um, the testing clinics. But I think the yeah. weather is going to have to resolve itself over the next few days.
1: Now, I was really surprised when Health yeah. Minister Dix was mentioning those um, unused appointments. I was really surprised yeah. that it was largely in island health where uh, people of, of a certain vintage, I guess, had had all really quite rushed to get their first two doses and then have left that booster dose sort of mm-hmm. hanging out there. Is that, a, is that still a mystery?
0: It's a bit of a mystery. Not totally unanticipated, though. It's, it's the island and the interior seem to have the... Yeah. Uh, the low uh, missed bookings, uh, the, the anticipation had been right from the start that the booster dose was not going to have the same take-up as the second dose or the first okay. dose, um, but it was still going to be high. Because if you have two doses, you are considered fully vaccinated. So, But the encouraging thing, I think we're well over 70% of those over 70 have received their booster doses. But it'll be interesting to see if the take-up just isn't there with younger people who, uh, if they get the illness, have relatively... A mild symptoms there's no reason not to get your booster dose. I got mine last night because I'm a double a z um,
1: congratulations so was, uh, I'm glad uh,
0: I, yeah so I was a fairly busy little play busy uh clinic here in Victoria um, as many people coming in to get their their booster doses, but uh the take up is not as much as the second dose that was not unanticipated but I think what was unanticipated was the relatively low take up of the booster doses by certain age groups. But we're going to see, as this goes along, uh, the booster program is going to be talked about today. The the general vaccination program for kids five to eleven, which is still kind of uh, low in numbers, will be addressed. As was the school situation. Uh, there's a lot of ground to cover today.
1: Can I ask you? It's a personal question. What what did you get? You had double A Z, and then last uh, AstraZeneca, and then last night you got your booster dose. What did you get?
0: It was Moderna. And Moderna's, Moderna uh, right now, as far as I can tell, is where the bulk of our purchases are for uh, vaccines right now. So that seems to be the vaccine right now that's in greater supply out there. Uh, yeah. So Moderna was my uh, my third dose. And, and no do uh, side effects other than just falling asleep very quickly last night. Some people report fatigue and headaches or sore arms. My shoulder and arm is fine. But it's not every night I just sort of fall asleep at nine o'clock. And that's that was my after effect from getting that that vaccine, which is hardly the worst one.
1: Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief. And even on a day that is typically a slow news day, we have a full phone board 604-280-9898 is the number to call star 9898, a free call on your cell phone. And Keith, let's get right to it. We start with Barbara in South Surrey. Welcome, Barbara. Oh, hi,
0: Jody and and Keith. Yes, I was just wanting to call in. I, I hope other people will listen because um, I was just at the South Surrey Rec Center where I had a scheduled 10 a.m. appointment and it was closed until 1, yet I had this notification yesterday to come to at 10 a.m. The sad thing was there was a number of elderly people that were also, you know, with their canes and everything lining up and they didn't know either. So, it was um it was really kind of a sad situation. I don't know what happened or why they didn't notify people, but we have to go back at one now, so um I just was wondering what happened there because it's an inside clinic, so yeah, so thanks for that Barbara I'm sorry to hear that it could be a number of factors, it could be weather related uh it could be uh, which can have an impact on indoors as well. Uh, It could be uh, a staff situation, like I said off the top, uh, we're going to see more and more absences from work sites, uh, whether it's in schools, in travel, hospitality, and potentially in these clinics and amongst frontline healthcare workers. And that's the reality of the situation. It's going to be, I think, a little tight out there in terms of resources for the foreseeable future.
1: I feel for the elders who are waiting outside in this temperature, uh, wondering oh, yeah. what's happening there. Thank you for that uh, cautionary tale, Barbara. We appreciate you. Let's go to White Rock and check in with Frank. Frank, welcome to the show. What's your question for Keith Baldry?
0: Hey, uh, what? South Surrey Rec Centre, that's been closed. Uh, so I got COVID right now. I, I got it on New Year's Eve. You couldn't get a test anywhere. The rec centre wasn't even listed. It was three and a half, four days away before a test. This is a hashtag province failure. Why are these people, these old elderly people, waiting out there? Why wasn't it listed on Fraser Health for a test center? Is that what it is? I mean, what yeah, is going not on here sure. with the province? Not entirely sure, and it does seem to be, it's not uniform think, in terms of problems. There's not a lot of problems here on the island, but there, Fraser, Fraser Health seems to have The most problems right now, Tri-Cities, parts of Surrey, we're getting Langley, uh, we're getting uh, clinic closures or a bit of confusion out there. Like I say, some of this is attributable to weather, some of it potentially for some staff resource shortages. Uh, But again, we're going to see this. uh, It's not surprising it's happening at this time of year where you've got a combination of holiday uh, working situations combined with these terrible snowstorms that have really paralyzed a lot of ability to open or to even travel. So it's going to be a little confusing and uh, some disappointments, I think, for at least a couple of days until this weather clears.
1: You know, it's interesting, Keith, and in talking with uh, Dr. Burinder Narang, uh, he was speaking to how the different health regions manage these clinics, whether it be booster clinics or testing clinics, uh, rather independently. And, and yeah. as... You know, we we just have to roll with the humanity behind uh, what we're experiencing right now. This is there are people behind. Uh, the, the, the progress or the plans also living within this pandemic. And I think there's a, I feel the frustration from Frank and White Rock. I understand. And I'm sorry, Frank, that you've tested positive. I hope you're okay. Um, but, but there is that, that humanity piece to this puzzle that perhaps somebody who was supposed to open that door, uh, woke up with symptoms and doesn't know how to manage, uh, yeah. f- getting somebody else to open that door. Like yeah. there, it could be as simple as that, right? It, so let's keep could, going down the list. Oh, go ahead. Yep.
0: No, no, it could be as, as simple as that. And we don't know yet. Um, so we'll know more in the next few days.
1: We're going to find out. And certainly I'm, I'm pretty sure that'll be a topic of conversation at the 3 o'clock briefing. Once again, you will hear that live here on CKNW. Uh, Murray and Campbell River, welcome to the show, Murray. What's your question for Keith?
0: Hi, Jody and Keith. Listen, I'm the first guy to get frustrated with people saying, well, I'm confused about what to do. But because of the holidays, I haven't been on the news or newspapers as much. As someone who just turned 63, am I getting invited for my booster, or do I have to sign up? You should be getting invited fairly soon. Um, They're working their way through the 60-year-old age cohort. Uh, Minister Dix said last week that this week the the 63 and 64-year-olds should be notified fairly quickly. The way it worked with me, I'm not not necessarily that age group, but I was on the six-month list because I had double AstraZeneca. Literally, the day before my six-month anniversary, I got a text inviting me to make a booking. I made a booking the next day, which was about a week later, because you know um, it's, it's not instant, it depends where you live, how many clinics are open, the hours that are available to you. So you should be getting a Murray um, a text fairly soon. if, if you're at your, in terms of your age group, uh, you should be coming online fairly quickly. so hopefully you get a text literally today tomorrow, uh, sometime this week.
1: And there's no harm in double checking if you are properly signed up on the Get Vaccinated site, nope. as as both you and Richard Zussman have pointed out. It's very rare that you not be, but you can go into the Get Get Vaccinated BC, go, go as though you're signing up, have your MSP number there and, and just plug it all in. And, and if you get a new confirmation code, boom, then you got it. But uh, yep. you're likely already in there. And then it's pretty it's it's interesting how accurate so many people are saying on the day of my six-month mark, here is my text. There are a lot of those coming in right now. Oh, a lot Let's, of those. Uh, go... I getting
0: anecdotally from people. I tell them, you're going to get one, and they, phone, they email you back two days later. You're, you're right. It, it came yeah. just as expected.
1: There's a lot of anxiety around this, but there is relief to be had once that text comes in. And you find out that you can get your vaccine fairly quickly after that invitation comes. Let's go to Gord in Langley. Welcome, Gord.
0: Hi. Hey, uh, Keith. Uh, just a quick question for you here. Um, you know, when this thing first started a couple of years ago, and we shut down with 250, 275 pieces, I don't know if there's just a sense of urgency that there was now that we've got five to six times kind of the amount. And I just, I don't want to put anything on Doctor Bonnie. I think she's done a great job, but it was kind of like opening Pandora's box. Maybe, you know, just just maybe opening and laxing a bit too soon. And uh, just your feeling on that, thanks. Yeah, that's that's a perfectly valid question. I mean, the, the question of whether we go further restrictions or lighter restrictions has been there since day one. Um, and we go mm-hmm. around and around on this. Uh, Again, Omicron is a new a new additive here. Dr. Henry said last week, it's like we're in a new pandemic. We're starting a whole different phase here, and we don't know what's going to happen. So like I say, the restrictions you see now may change and likely will change in the days and weeks ahead. I know today the United States is reporting the highest ever one-day case number ever, uh, 265,000 cases a day. The highest before was last January, 250,000. But it also points out Uh, That even though the number is now the highest ever compared to last January, the number of people in hospital with COVID-19 is half the number of people from January. That's encouraging. If we can continue to keep those hospital numbers lower in BC, we won't see further restrictions.